0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Tonight as we continue, the book of Philippians, we're just about done with this book. Philippians chapter 4 verse 1. The Apostle Paul begins this chapter by saying, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. He says, I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. How do you stay true to the Lord? Three words. You ready? It's not deep. I've been saying it for a few weeks now. Keep the faith. Keep believing no matter what. And when you believe you obey God. You say, "Man, I believe God. Man, I'm a believer." Well, if you believe God, then you're going to obey his word that's loving God and loving others and doing what his word commands. If you love him, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. You remember that statement? So, if you love him, you'll do what he asks, right? Stay true to the Lord. He says, I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. What a blessing. Let's go to the verse, verse 2 there. This is interesting. The Apostle Paul actually addresses people by name right here. He says, I appeal to Euodia and Syntyche. If you want, you can name your kid Syntache. Man, that would mess people up. You know what they'd say, right? If you named your kid Syntache, first day of school, they'd go, they'd go, Syntyche, right? They'd mess that up. He's saying, I appeal to Euodia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. Wow. Are you in a disagreement with someone? It's time to settle it, especially as believers. I know there are people that you go to and you say, please forgive me or I want to forgive you or whatever, and they don't want to hear it. That's okay. You give them to God, but make sure your heart is right. Always make sure your heart's right, okay? And he goes on to say this, and I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. Wow. These are fellow laborers with the Apostle Paul, two women whom he named by name, right? They worked hard with me in telling the others the good news. They worked along with Clement and who else? And the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. What a powerful statement. Next verse. I love this. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. How do you, how do you be full of joy? Does anybody know? You ready for this? You're wondering. You're like, is that a, is that a trick question? Some of you are like, 78. I thought it was a trick question. No, it's not a math question. Green. No, that's not the answer. How do you be full of joy? You decide. Did you know joy is a choice? Just like believing. Mm -hmm. You decide. If you go by your feelings, those are misleading, aren't they? Because we've all been there. Has anyone in this house ever made a mistake because you were led by your feelings? Oh, man. Oh, man. You're like, why did I do that? Because I felt like and you didn't even have the whole story. And everybody's different in here. We got passionate people, extroverts. We got introverts in the house. We got people that are middle of the road, mild extroverts, whatever. We got all kinds of people in this room. But I'm gonna tell you right now, there were times where we all went, I should, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that just because I felt it. You know what I did in seventh grade? Let me tell you. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was, I was Ms. Lawson's favorite student. I just know I was, all right? I have some reasons for believing that, but trust me. I was her favorite student. It was seventh grade, communication skills. Does anybody remember that class? Communication skills. So we were learning skill in communication. It was nearing the end of the year, and I don't know why I had to be funny. And Ms. Lawson came to school one day with a big old, you know those metal splints when you break your finger? And she's like, oh, man, someone goes, what happened to your finger? And I don't know what happened. It just came out of my mouth. And I, check this out, how dumb this was. Ms. Lawson comes to class. She's injured. People were asking about it. And I said, Ms. Lawson, did you, did you go to the vet? That's an insult. I, that's, I don't, yeah, Ms. Debbie's going, why? I basically called her an animal. And I don't know why I did that, because I liked her, too. But it just came out of my mouth. And I was pretending like it was just me and her joking alone, but no, there was a room full of kids. So it had embarrassed her, and she goes, Matt, I was going to recommend you for something after the school year, and now I'm not going to do it. Just like that. I lost favor just like that. She forgave me by the next school year. I was cool again to her. But I messed up. I messed up. I decided to do something dumb based on I don't know what. I'm naturally a cut-up. I'm naturally kind of a, a jokester, but it just came out. It was very unwise, but I made a choice. See, you know, people say this all the time, and I need to address this tonight. People go, I, 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 just, I just couldn't control myself. No, you can control yourself. You can control yourself. I just said it. I couldn't. No, many times we speak before our brain is engaged. You, have you heard that saying? I just spoke. It was stupid. And I told her I was sorry later. Later, I really did. I said, Ms. Lawson, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I said that. I was trying to be funny. Please forgive me. And she was like, that's okay, Matt. And she forgave me. But it was, a, it was a decision, and it was dumb. But here's my point. You can make decisions, and you always make decisions, but you can decide to have joy. You can decide to believe. You can decide to control your mouth. You can decide to control your anger. You can. You can decide, especially as a believer. People say, no, I couldn't decide to quit that. No, you, you can't. You actually can, because I know people who have decided. I remember my, my uh, granddad, both granddads, Senna and Treadwell, when they came to the Lord, they were, they were smokers. Now, people go, oh, Pastor Matt, are you saying smoking sends people to hell? Nope, not at all. I'm not saying that. It may make you smell like you've been spending time in hell. But it will not, I can't tell you, it's going to send you to hell. It's damaging your body. It may shorten your lifespan, hurt your lungs, all this other stuff. But both of my grandfathers, men of God now in our legacy, when they came to the Lord, Grandpa Sinna and Grandpa Treadwell, they were smokers. And one day they both decided, independent of each other obviously, to stop smoking. And I'm sure it was hard. I'm sure it was hard. I saw a sign years ago, and it was about... I don't know if it was lung cancer as relating to smoking, but it said, never quit quitting. Do y'all get that? It's like you decide every day, I'm not picking that up again. I quit. I'm not going to do that anymore. So you can also decide and say, I'm going to be full of joy today. Now there are there are seasons, there are hormones involved, there's tragedy involved, there's grief involved, there's Physical bodies involved where sometimes you don't feel it. I've been there. It felt physically impossible to be joyful sometimes throughout my life. But some of the toughest times, some of my toughest days, when I was all alone, I decided to praise God. And that's not easy. There's times you just don't feel like doing it. But he says, be full of joy in the Lord. And that's a a big key to you. You want to build joy in your life? Praise God. Fill your life with praise because Scripture says he inhabits the praise of his people. Wherever God is praised, that's where his spirit is manifest, okay? And he says, I say it again, rejoice. Be glad for something, right? Look ahead to the future. Hope gives you joy. Look at what he says here. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Let's hang hang around on this verse for a moment. We're going to hesitate here. Remember the Lord is coming soon let everyone see that you were considerate in all you do i'm trying to think i don't i don't think i'm naturally considerate i don't think i don't think that just came naturally to me and sometimes i'm inconsiderate but now and i've been married a while we're going on we're going on 15 years later this year 15 years wow but i've learned to be more considerate since i've been married why cuz i live with someone i live with a woman who, who makes me better. I live with a woman who loves me. I live with someone who, who reflects me. I live with someone who protects me and holds on to me. I live with someone I feel responsible for as, as much as they're responsible for me. I, God has placed me as the head of our home, according to His Word. Just the top decision maker when it comes down to it. say, so what does that mean? Well, it means I need to consider my wife in everything I do. Everything. Let me tell you one way I've become more considerate. I know you may have not known this, but I am a natural-born salesman. I have five reasons why for everything. Just naturally. Don't even have to try hard. Just naturally. I mean, I I can... Usually I can sell bolts to a junkyard. Just ice to an Eskimo, you know. Popsicle sticks to a woman with white gloves. You've heard them all, right? Whatever. Red popsicle sticks. Ketchup. Whatever. But I'm telling you... I've learned in considering my wife that I need to just present her the facts at times so we can both decide, not sell her on something, because that's dangerous. If I sell her on something, then I'm responsible. What if I'm wrong? See, the beauty of two people in a relationship, a man and a woman, a husband and wife, is Scripture says two are better than one, right? Two are better than one. Why? Well, you keep each other warm, but beyond that, you have a good reward for your work together. Scripture says one shall chase a 1,000 in battle with God's blessing. Two shall chase 10,000. There's a multiplying effect for two people coming together in unity, according to God's word. So when I, when I, when I feel like, man, I, I want to do this, I want to do that, or I have an idea or something I want to pitch to my wife, I've learned to not try and sell her on stuff. Now, once in a while, it slips out, and I go into sell mode. Here's why we need to do it, baby. This is awesome, because I want to do it, Right? But I've learned if I'll just give her the facts and control my emotions, I can decide, right? Self-control, relax, calm down. My wife tells me she can feel my energy and, and um, enthusiasm, and she says that it even stirs up the dogs at the house. She says, baby, your intensity right now, it's, just fill, it's filling the house. Let's get everybody calm. The dogs are jumping around and everything. She's like, let's calm down. And see, I've learned to relax more, <laughs> not in every situation, and just give her the facts. That's me considering her. Me not trying to sell her on something for my benefit or something I think is great, all right? So we can decide. Someone say this with me together. Someone say together. Yeah, that's important. Together. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Let's go to verse 6. Oh, this is a big one, right? Wow, how do you do this? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Let's stay there a moment. How on earth do you not worry about anything? Regardless of who you are, humans worry. We do. Some worry less than others. Some are just irresponsible, (laughs) don't care, right? But most humans worry about something. We just do. There's things that we worry about. So how do you not worry? Well, once again, there's that word again. It's a decision. But the best way to not worry is anytime worry starts creeping up, start to pray about it. I believe the highest form of prayer is praise, according to Scripture. There's times I feel worried or I'm tempted to do something else or I have other temptations, thoughts hit my mind, bothered thoughts, things that throw me off course. I begin to praise God. Praising God really helps me not to worry. I just begin to praise Him. It activates faith. Praising God says, no matter what, God, you're in control of my life because I've submitted to you and I'm not going to worry about this. Don't worry about anything. Wow, instead pray about everything. I bet in this room today we prayed about a hundred and something different things today. All kinds of stuff. Man, I just whisper a prayer when I think about stuff. Lord, would you help us with this? Lord. And there was something I was involved in today I think I should have I should ask God for his help a lot more. My, my dad, I guess yesterday he dropped his phone. I won't give you the whole sequence of events because it's, well, okay. He drove, he drove from his house, I guess. He was messing with his dog, and his phone, he left it on his car. And I guess it fell off, but just right in front of his house. But it fell in such a way that it knocked out the uh, SIM card reader. But we didn't know that. So he lost, I was talking to him on the phone yesterday after he found his phone, all right? And all of a sudden, the phone call dropped. I was like, I lost cell signal, he lost it. Oh, I thought, that must be the towers. So I went about my business, and later on, he's texting me going, just testing. Um, Are you getting my text? Yes. Well, his, his cell service stopped working. Well, today, we were messing with that this morning, and I think I should have cried out to God for more help because we wasted so much time on that phone. We finally got him a new phone. They gave him a great credit for his old phone. Praise God. But, man, I I don't remember if I asked God to help us, and I feel convicted because I was the one in charge of getting his phone fixed, and it's still a mess. I'm not going to get into all the details. But you can call him. He can text you. But if you didn't get texts from him today... That's why. Everybody got worried. They thought, I'm off pastor's list. Oh, my gosh. He's given up on me. No, his phone wasn't working soon, okay? Don't worry about it. Tomorrow you may or may not get one. Hang in there. Read your Bibles and pray. Pray that the phone thing gets taken care of, all right? So I feel convicted at times because I forget to ask God for help. I do it in my own strength. But most things I ask God for help on, even the simplest of things. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Someone say, tell God what you need. Uh huh. Someone say, thank Him for all He has done. Oh yeah, that's powerful. Say, Lord, man, help me with this, but thank you for everything you've done already. I thank you that you're going to answer this prayer too. Look at this. Then, you know, after you stopped worrying about so many things, chances are you're going to worry here and there. But you stopped worrying, you started praying, you started thanking God. Let me say that again. You stopped worrying, you started praying and thanking God for all his answers. Then you will experience God's peace. Someone say peace. Peace is perfect well being in God's presence. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And that means you're not lacking anything good, you're not missing anything good, you're healed, you're in a state of well being, you're trusting God, you're at faith. You have hope, you're doing great. Basically, God's presence is manifest in your life in the form of well being, good feeling, and you're surrounded by what you know to be faith. All right? Then you will experience God's peace. Nothing to worry about, not afraid of anything, trusting Him, hopeful, excited, which exceeds anything we can understand. I believe one translation says, which passes all understanding. You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, someone say his peace. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Wow, isn't that a powerful promise? His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So if you're living in Christ Jesus, you know you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're practicing your faith every day. Seeking God, praying, reading the Word, showing people love, forgiving. As you do the simple things, loving God and loving others, that's walking in Christ, living in Christ. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. That's a great promise, isn't it? There is nothing on the planet that can give you peace apart from God. A lasting peace. It's, everything's temporary. There's an old saying said, money can buy you, buy you a date but it can't buy you love. Money can buy you a bed, but it won't buy you sleep. Money can buy you the best trips in the world, but it won't buy you peace. There's a lot that money answers, but it's just not always the right answer. Money doesn't provide all the right answers all the time. It just doesn't. So here's what you got to remember. Let's go back to that verse again. I want to I see that verse again. Verse 7. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And, and let me tell you this. Valentine's Day is coming up, and I'm going to say this. use my marriage as an example again. I love my wife with all of me. I've never loved anyone like my wife, and I know she loves me, but I'm going to tell you this right now. My love as a human is not enough to give my wife everything she needs. It's not. No matter how hard I try, I cannot be God to her. I can't. And she can't be to me. There's some men, they resent their wives, they resent their lady because they the lady, they got with the lady, she was beautiful to them, she was just right, she was compatible, but she didn't satisfy the deepest needs of their soul, and then they begin to resent her or him. It goes both ways. Why? Because people don't realize human love only goes so far we gotta walk in God's love, number one. Number two, only with a relationship with God Himself will all of your needs be met. All of your emotional needs your spiritual needs, the only way you will be satisfied in life is to receive God's love. Because everything else we have on the planet, it's limited. I'm telling you right now. And the hard thing about, here, here's what's tough about humans. Humans think, no, if I just get more of this, I'll feel better. If I get more of that, that will fix me. If I get this, that will fix If And you know this is for single people, say, man, if I have him... I'm going to feel a man that all of my dreams will come true. If I have her, it's going to fix everything. No. And you don't know them. They may have hooves for feet. Meaning they may be a devil. What was the What was that James Brown song? Devil with the blue dress? Devil with the blue dress on? Wow. There's something there, I'm telling you. You got to you got to find God's will for your life in a husband or a wife and your relationships, but I need to tell you this right now. Nothing you find on this planet apart from God will fully satisfy you. It just won't. If you could find satisfi- satisfaction in everything else or anything else, you wouldn't need God, would you? He created us for him. So, you, then you will experience God's peace, right? When you're putting him first, you're not you're not worrying, you're asking him things you're trusting him you're believing him you're thanking him for the answers you'll experience god's peace which exceeds anything we can understand his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in christ jesus Mm, so powerful only god gives you everything you need in life and satisfies perfectly and now dear brothers and sisters one final thing fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. You know something I like to think about that fits into those, fits into the, it fits right into those those categories. I like thinking about miracles. I like thinking about what's God gonna do next. I like thinking about how is God gonna turn this part of me around and continue to work in in that area in my life. How is God gonna work in their lives? Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about what? Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Yeah, miracles fit in there just fine. Hope and healing and people accepting Jesus and getting right with God. All those things are worthy of praise and excellent. Think about those things. Good things. Fix your mind on good things. It's hard to think about all those things if you have a steady diet of horror movies, huh? Oh my gosh. For those joining us on the live stream, if you're a believer and you're still watching horror movies, feel convicted. You cannot honor God and watch horror movies. You can't honor God and watch perverted movies, okay? So that's between you and God, but you got to come to the place where you say, man, I will set my eyes on no vile thing. I'm not going to just... Take a diet, a steady diet of that. Why? Scripture says the eyes are the window to the soul. You ever seen someone and their eyes were just something weird about their eyes? Have you ever seen someone like that? I know the ladies notice that more than men probably. I've heard women go, he had crazy eyes. Uh-huh. Because he's been looking at weird stuff with those eyes. But I've seen women with crazy eyes. So they were looking and thinking. A weird. They were having a steady diet of something that shouldn't have been there. The eyes one translation says the eyes are the light of the body. The eyes are the windows to the soul. You can see a lot in someone's eyes. So don't, don't worry. You ain't got to close your eyes every time you see me. I know, I, know you're, I know you're seeking God and you love God. All right? I, I know. I, sometimes your eyes are like this just because they're tired. You need a nap, right? Let's go on to the next verse. Keep putting into practice, the Apostle Paul says, all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. That Wow. Once again, he's an example. Why is he such an example? Paul continually worked on his weaknesses. Maybe we'll talk about that next week, some things that I've been able to draw from Philippians. He was constantly working on his weaknesses. Keep putting into practice, practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Powerful. How I praise the Lord that you were concerned about me again, he says. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Interesting. Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. (laughs) Very grateful man of God. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty what? Or little. This guy says, I'm just content. And I love this verse. You heard this verse before? One translation says, for I can do all things through Christ. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Christ will never empower, empower you to sin. I remember a guy used that in a sin context one time. He told me some weird stuff he was doing. And he said, I can do all things through Christ. I'm like, brother, that's not what it meant. Uh, uh-uh. It means you can do all right things with Christ's help. Anything that is God's will for you, he will empower you to do. Is is everybody with me? All right. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Even so, he says, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. That's what brothers, sisters, family of God does. We hold on to each other. We bear each other's burdens, right? What's the next verse? As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. He goes on to say, know what? No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. Verse 17. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. Isn't that powerful? That's when I tell people to give. I want you to be blessed. My my salary is not, it's not in proportion to your giving. People say, man, Pastor Matt, you were trying to raise big money for first fruits so you could get a raise. (laughs) That's not how it works. (laughs) Nope. Nope. I didn't get a raise. That's not how it works. God takes care of me, all right? I want you to be blessed. All right? Verse 18. At the moment, I have all I need and more, he says. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me through Epaphroditus. What a good name. Say that seven times, but not now. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. Your gifts are a sweet-smelling sacrifice to God. He finds them as a powerful, powerful thing in his presence. A sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. Verse 19. And this same God who takes care of me, look at this, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches. One translation says, according to what? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory hmm. which have been given to us in Christ Jesus wow this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches verse 20 though now all glory are the sneeze, are the sneezes contagious bless you something moving through the room i was sneezing earlier today now all glory to God our father forever and ever and ever and ever Amen and bless you. Verse 21. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. Holy means different. Holy means set apart. Holy doesn't mean you you walk around like this. Holy means you're different. You don't do the stuff the world does. You've been set apart. God is holy means the the, the Hebrew people, that's the only way they knew how to describe him. They said he's different. He's set apart. And now he's called us to be like him. Look at this. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings. Verse 22. And all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. The Apostle Paul was ministering at that point while he was in house arrest. He was ministering to believers in the emperor's household. Verse 23. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit some manuscripts add right here this one does not a man meaning so be it what is grace it is god's empowerment to live right do right and act right god's grace is god's empowerment his special ability to live right do right and walk right treat people right it's basically he gives you the power to live righteously okay so if you would tonight go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes Let's go ahead and pray, Father God. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for your people. I plead the blood of Jesus right now over everybody in this house, the household of faith, over those watching on the live stream, Father God. Thank you because you're faithful. Thank you because you're good. I break every attack of the enemy, every distraction. I break lies. I break fear. I loosen truth and power, love, and a sound mind. Lord, if we'll focus on you and decide to keep seeking you, no matter what, nothing can stop us. Nothing can keep us from seeking you. Nothing can keep us from being in your presence. There's no demon that can keep us back. There's, there's no distraction that can keep us from serving you, God, and pressing in. mentioned this in my bible study last night jesus mentioned hell a lot more than he mentioned heaven why because he doesn't want anybody to go to hell we were not destined for hell hell is for those who reject god they reject the sacrifice that jesus made on the cross that's who hell is for so that's hell was never meant for you or me it was meant for satan and his demons because they rejected god people say man god's harsh he's that that that's judgmental well God is the righteous judge if he does not have the moral standard who does you want a judge to do right when someone commits murder in this life you want them to go before the judge and be sentenced there is mercy and leniency but there's also consequences and we thank God for the blood of Jesus that wipes away our sin erases many consequences Because then we get to go to heaven because of what Jesus did. But today, here's what you need to remember. I don't know who this is for. God has forgiven you. God has forgiven you. God is moving you into a better place. You say, man, a new home? No, I don't know exactly what that means, but I know that He's moving you into a better place with Him. A better state of true well being in your mind. Some of you have been in turmoil in your mind for too long. And I think God spoke to you tonight. Maybe maybe it's the things you're watching. Maybe it's the stuff you're reading. Maybe it's the things you're being exposed to. That's between you and your God. I only speak the truth to you, and your decision or your decision to act on it or not act on it, that is between you and God. But what are you exposing yourself to? you got to take an inventory and say, what am I doing in my life that is robbing my peace? And you can decide. Everybody can decide. You have self-control. You can make good decisions. God's just getting started with you. Don't you dare grieve His Spirit. Don't push His Spirit away by disobeying Him. I've known people my whole life, on and off, Who stopped listening to God's voice, who ignored his voice. They ignored his voice through people around them. People around them who are going, hey, man, stop that. That's wrong. You need to not, don't be around them. Don't do this. Come on, man. And they ignored God's voice and they ignored the voice of wise counselors around them. And now their lives are in a mess because they didn't listen to anybody. Don't ever allow yourself to be taken to that place. Learn to listen, learn to hear God. He gives many warnings because he loves you. But don't ever get to the place where you stop listening to God so much that you can't hear His voice anymore. You don't want to be there. Uh Uh-uh. You don't ever want to be there. Is there anyone in this house at the sound of my voice with every head bowed, every eye closed, that says, you know what? I need to accept Jesus for the first time. If you've never accepted Jesus, you've never made a public confession of Him, would you raise your hand? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Is there anybody in this house? God bless you. Is there anybody in this house who says, I just need to get right with God? Raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you as well. I just need to make sure my heart's right with God. Maybe you on the live stream tonight. I want everybody in the house to repeat this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I recommit my life to you, Lord. Jesus is my Savior. I'm saved. I won't be saved over and over again. I am saved now. Once. And forever, but I am sorry for my sin. Cleanse me, Lord. As my Lord and Savior, I submit my life to you. Because I believe and I want to do right with your help. In Jesus' name. Let me just pray for you now, that same attitude of reverence. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you that we're blessed in the city and the field coming in and going out. I thank you that you've given us power to acquire wealth. That's what your word says. I thank you that all the blessings of the Old Testament belong to us and more because we're children of the new covenant now, the covenant in Jesus' blood. I thank you, Lord, that we're walking righteously and living holy, not to act religious and act better than people, just because we love you, God, and we want to be close to you, and we want to be an example, and we want to go to heaven, and we want to walk in love, and we want to be blessed in this life so we can be a blessing. Thank you for your word tonight. We trust you, and we believe you. And I thank you that you're healing our lives, you're healing our hearts, because the word has fallen on good ground tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.